Hey, everybody. Uh, happy show time. Uh, once again, it's uh, the three horsemen or horse persons since it's 2022. No, forget that. Pestilence couldn't make it yet again. Yeah, Pestilence. Pestilence is going to be out for the month. Um, he's, he's a bit on a used guys in that vacation, not paid for by the company because the donations that we get from the Patreon go directly to pay for Podbean, not for salaries around here. We all got jobs. Thank you very little. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Brian is having a rough time, so he's got some time off for, like, for the rest of the month, which is fine. We got there's more important things in life, for sure. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by GorisNexus.com. And speaking of our sponsors, I would like to also remind you of the McLean Farm Gravel Ride. Uh, remember, yeah, for the 100 mile for all, all, all classes, okay, categories, not, not, not like classes as Karl Marx classes, but classes in like e-bike tandem, uh, single speed. It's all $85 for the 100 mile at 7.30 in the morning. At 8.30 in the morning, 65 miles, all of them, $75. The holler ride, not the holla ride, like holla bread. Um, or um, holla, no, none of that. It's holler, holler. I mean, think, think West Virginia. Think Down in the valley, down in the foothills. That's right. Out in the woods, deep in the cut. <laughs> In the cut. That's a good one. $65 for that one. And then, uh, of course, I may or may not be there. I'm not 100% what I'm doing. I'd like to come out and see everybody and uh, hang out. That would be nice. So check that out. And don't worry. I, I know I'm supposed to post it on social media. I'm really bad about staying up with the Instagram. I chat on there. I've talked to several views, um, by the way. And thank you very much for reaching out. I enjoy every single conversation we have. But um, I'm bad about posting because it just I, I use it as a form of communication with uh, my friends who listen to the show, uh, the use guys family. But I, I will get a post up there. In the meantime, uh, we need to give some congratulations to one of our sponsors, uh, someone who's been a dear friend of mine for what years is 2022, 22 years. So uh, Miss Ray, who has been on the show, uh, she is uh, the 2022 recipient of the Ohio Arts Council ADAP grant. So congratulations to her on that massive achievement. Awesome. Um, I'm very proud of her and um, we all are. That's it's phenomenal. It's a hell of an achievement. Uh, she has um, she's an actually trained artist. She went to uh, to school and uh, earned her bachelor's of fine art. And uh, those of you who say that you shouldn't chase your passion, don't know what they're talking about ignore those voices and do what you want and enjoy life and she's enjoying it to the best of her ability and applying her actual skills um and, and getting results out of them apart from not results but recognition let's say apart from the regular folks that um that, that you know that she works with or for or as clients and doing commissions and all that good stuff so good for her congratulations to her we're very proud of her so big news here um Angel has not let it go. I, I'm going to go ahead and give you a preamble here before we get into the thick with two C's news cycle that we have to cover. I have been a fan of Alex Jones since I first heard him on the radio. I know there was this device on cars that used that had a dial that you would find like the um, like 100.7 WMMS out of Cleveland stand. You'd find that. Well, I discovered Alex Jones on Art Bell on 640 WHLO, 
Paul B knows what I'm talking about. And uh, he was talking Art Bell on Coast to Coast AM before George Norrie took over the whole program. UFO stuff, aliens, wild stuff. And there's this crazy man ranting about Bilderberg and about uh, the New World Order and um, the Federal Reserve and all that other good stuff. And I'm like, who is this guy? And I fell in love with him. Like, I, I remember you know, Christopher and I have talked about it on the show before, man. Um, Endgame Blueprint for Global Enslavement, man. That was an eye-opener. Uh, the next day, you came, you come into work, and you're fired up after watching this thing. You're like, what the hell do we need to do to get, at, to, to get after it? And Alex, for a long time, and I know that he has his detractors, and a lot of it is earned, which is where I'm leading to right now. A lot of it is earned. However, back in the day when we're talking about Waco, when we're talking about exposing what happened at Waco and questioning the official story, which nobody really did in the mainstream at all. Uh, in fact, to this moment, I don't think you really see it, but people finally understand exactly what transpired there and the murder that was committed by the Federal Bureau of Investigation and, of course, the ATF. If you don't believe that, you should probably stop listening now because it's empirical evidence is being provided. We know about it. Okay, It's not a secret. Okay, it's not a conspiracy. It actually happened. If you want to debate Oklahoma City, go ahead. Go debate Oklahoma City. We can't even get witnesses because they, they're all, they all died for some strange reason. Once again, uh, strange. Um, but he exposed the agent provocateurs that, you know, your beloved police department did uh, to stir up riots during the World Trade Organization riots in Seattle in 2000. He infiltrated Bohemian Grove. He did a lot. And um, this Sandy Hook thing that he's on the hook for, it is so embarrassing. Like, for example, I'm not a lawyer. Nobody here's a lawyer. However, if I was a lawyer and my client was Alex Jones, who has a daily radio show or internet show or podcast or whatever the crap it is now, and millions of listeners, and he literally came to court in his defense and goes on to the rate. I would have pulled him because this is what happened. He, he's def- trying to defend himself in court, trying to minimize the damage because this is not like a criminal uh, trial. He's already been found liable for, um, you know, damaging these parents of Sandy Hook uh, that lost their that lost their son. There's two sets of parents and there's three different trials apparently happening all over the place. Two in Texas and one in uh, in Connecticut. He, he's here at this thing, and then he talks about it at his on his radio show, calling the judge and the um, the plaintiff's attorneys like demons, um, having images of the judge burning Lady Liberty like like my first thing. If I took him on as a client, I'd be like, I'm going to need you to sign this piece of paper, Mr. Jones. What this paper says is you will keep your big fat Austin, Texas mouth shut about what goes on in this courtroom. Do you understand or I will not represent you? You do it once. We're finished. Okay. The boat's already taken on water. We don't need you grabbing buckets and throwing more in here. Well, right. that's what Alex is doing. And frankly, he has it coming to him because he cannot get out of his own way. And I think that like Paul V and I were having a text conversation and we both loved Alex. But it's become more of an opportunity for him to sell vitamins and fake Viagra than it is because, like, it's you listen to the show. At least I used to, used to listen to it. You get maybe twenty minutes of real good content, 
and everything is a government psyop, which I think a lot of stuff might be, but not all of it, because they're also grossly incompetent. You know, they're just incredibly large, well-funded, dangerous, and stupid. It's a weird. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, it's it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous cocktail. Yes, very much so. Um, but yeah, but Alex just can't get out of his own way, and frankly, I don't, I don't feel bad for him at all. Like, I'm sorry if you're just gonna, you know, you know, insert foot in mouth every single time. Well. Good luck to you. I mean, you better sell more of that colloidal silver and super male vitality because you got bills to pay and they're coming. So super male vitality. Yeah, man. Just take that and you know, you'll be able to take on the globalist, as he says. So yeah, Angel's been fully all- erect. <laughs> you'll be yeah. running at him with a boner, baby. <laughs> like nothing's more frightening than a bunch of erect men <laughs> charging you. <laughs> Yeah. Think how intimidated they must feel. Yeah, or sexually aroused. Either way, you know, you're not gonna be able to fight. You're either gonna be horny too or scared. Maybe both. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's really embarrassing. And um, good luck, Alex. I mean, again, just can't stay out of your own way. Well, I mean, so it's there was a defamation situation, and this. <laughs> trial that they're they're broadcasting um and you can watch it you know sometimes they live stream it whatever so there there's hours and hours of footage and i've tried to um watch as much of it as possible there are some things that i'm probably going to watch um you know after the fact as well Mm. you know once the because i mean the jury is deliberating so this trial this defamation trial is technically it's not a, a criminal trial this is a civil case and so he's been found liable for definition previously based upon evidence um for defamation for defamation okay. that the judge um determined based upon evidence that was presented to her and it moved forward to a jury trial at this point to determine what damages, if any, these individuals um, that are suing him should get. And it's about the Sandy Hook situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can see at first, like Alex says, well, this is a false flag. The government, you know, obviously um, set this up, had somebody go into that building, shoot these kids um, as a way to take away our guns. And that's what he initially thought happened. Mm. Um, He didn't think that Sandy Hook itself was a hoax. He just thought that it basically the government set it up, um, you know, mind controlled Adam Lanza to go into the Sandy Hook Elementary School and shoot up the elementary school. Um, Not a lot of people may know that Adam Lanza did drive to the high school that day but there were two cop cars um in the parking lot and so he went ahead and decided well this probably isn't for me i'm not going to be able to cause very much damage there's two police cars here they're probably going to kill me um so what you're saying is that when people shoot back it's kind of a deterrent yes okay i was just curious and the cops were already there so he was like i'm gonna go on mosey on down the road Mm -hmm. decided to go to sandy hook elementary school where he proceeded to 
enter in the building. It killed 20 students and like five or six uh, adult staff members that worked at the school. Um, that's what happened. So Alex just said, you know, this this was set up by the government, you know, uh, as a way to take up take our guns. And that's all of the conspiracy that Alex Jones started with initially with Sandy Hook. As time went on, uh, there were other actors that gave him information about Sandy Hook and said that the the act the this the uh, parents of the kids that were murdered mm-hmm. by Adam Lanza um, were actors, and that the kids themselves weren't even murdered like it's all staged um on down the list so Uh, you you can see in a matter of a year and a half to two years mm -hmm. where alex slowly anytime he did cover sandy hook he's slowly starting to change his mind to think that sandy hooks is a full-blown hoax and this is because of the information that he's getting from these people that worked for him. Um, one is Wolfgang Halbig, and there's a couple of others. But this Wolfgang Halbig uh, lied about his credibility, and this other guy did as well. Um, so I forget the other guy's name. It's escaping me at the moment. Um, but there were like three other out, three outside actors who he trusted um and thought were a reliable source of information they weren't really vetted though so i don't really know what the process is um to determine somebody's trustworthy uh at in infowars because it doesn't seem based upon watching this trial that uh much is done to determine the um truthfulness of a source in regards to like this situation with sandy hook nobody vetted these sources they just took their word for it which i mean sometimes people do and that's okay whatever but if you're gonna you know report on something you should try your best to get it right yeah um is he really a news organization no I don't know. Um, what about this Wolfgang guy? Didn't even have real credentials. No, he didn't. I think he made up like <laughs> him and this other guy, like basically made up their um, experience and work mm-hmm. history. And the one guy said that he was with the CIA. He never was. Alex <laughs> just took him at his word. Um <laughs> You know, so there were a few things and it just didn't really um, add up. And unfortunately, he got sucked into this trap of believing these people whom he trusted, whom he felt at the time he had no reason not to trust. Well, Um, but the problem is, is that they it's a critical mistake, you know, after like after a while, um, when the fog kind of cleared for him and he did realize that Sandy Hook did happen, it was kind of too late. Um, and it's not really an excuse for him, but it I can see that that's what happened. But the second problem with Alex Jones is he will talk and he'll make a point 
and then he'll move on to something else and move on to something else, move on to something else and try to tie those three things back into the first point as a conclusion. And they don't always connect. So it makes him seem insensitive. And if you don't know Alex Jones as a regular viewer, you're not going to catch what he actually means by what he's saying. You have to really listen to what he's saying and kind of follow it. It's like he has like ADHD and he's like grasping at seven different things at once. Who's also an alcoholic. Uh, it's like you said on uh, Jerry Rogan's podcast. He's like, uh, I'm a little bit retarded. Yeah. <laughs> and, know. and Joe Rogan constantly was telling him, okay, Alex, stop. Yeah. What do you. He was, he was trying to rein in the chaos. Because <laughs> he is really all over the place. And it's true. He is. Yeah. And I, I feel very bad for these people who endured harassment by what they would call the Sandy Hook, uh, Sandy Hook hoaxers or truthers. Um, and there's like this truthers organization that goes way back to like, you know, 80s, 70, 1970s, 1980s, who like try to expose things. Um, that's where a lot of the source information came from 9-11. They kind of resurfaced and got really strong. Um, you know, in 2001, again, with like truth information and things like that. Well, these truthers and, and you know, some of the Sandy Hook hoax people um, really went after these families and attacked their houses and harassed them and shot at them and all this crazy shit. And they went through mental anguish over losing their kids, but then also being harassed, saying, you didn't really have a kid. It, they never died. This is all fake. This is all a lie. You know, you're an actor. You're a crisis actor. And just all this crazy shit for, well, Sandy Hook happened in 2012 yeah. or 13. 12. So it happened in 2012. So from 2012 until probably up until even still now for like you know the past decade or so um they've been harassed by these people who actually think that kids didn't die and sandy hook is a hoax and it's really unfortunate that that occurred and that's what this lawsuit's all about so the lawsuit is trying to determine because of Alex Jones's reporting on this information that these people made up, pulled out of their fucking assholes mm. um, and him reporting on it, even though it wasn't a lot, he still presented that information at, and, and put it out there. And a lot of people listened to it. And um, that's why he's in the courtroom. Because they have all this video evidence and his news site, unfortunately, is the source of the fucking hoax when you get down to it. Because that's where all the misinformation was coming from, because nobody else was saying it was a hoax. Just these guys and Alex Jones put it up on the, on his website, you know, would refer to this Wolfgang Halibig's website and whoever else was mm -hmm. was a part of it. Um, and that's, 
that's where we ended up. And I don't know. I really, I hope that they don't get $150 million in the settlement. But I can tell you right now, Alex Jones isn't broke. He makes a shit ton of fucking money, dude. Like yeah. a shit ton of money. The colloidal silver is a very popular selling item. Infowarsstore.com. He makes a lot of money. Well, and I'm sure he has overhead, whatever. Okay. I, I, but I can tell you $165 million for one year and you have between 50 and 80 employees that's and you're a news organization that's pretty fucking good money yeah that is pretty good that's pretty good money so that being said um i don't know he put himself in this situation he he sure did and i thank you for all of that and i'm I'm glad that uh we got a full disclosure because I would have left it at that, like you're a moron and we're moving on. Thank you, Alex. But yeah, there is some context that needs to come with that. And I'm yeah. sure that his detractors are very happy. It's almost a, an occasion to celebrate because, you know, especially when he went like all full tilt for Comrade Trump, like that was a little embarrassing as well because he was supposed to be someone who was outside of that. You know what I mean? A little bit more independent thinking, knowing that government's not that great. And he just, the right guy showed up and, you know, Trump went on his show and, you know, convinced him to, you know, open his mouth and take it in, I guess. I don't know. Like, it was embarrassing. But, um, well, you know, hey, listen, he is he is fabulously well to do and he's they're probably going to crucify him. And this is just one of two or three other three total trials, two more to go, two more, um, you know, he potentially I mean, again, and they're going to they're going to run him through the wood chipper like he's he's not getting out of this thing. Like it's bad. And he just keeps hurting himself by opening his mouth by not shutting the fuck up. <laughs> and he, he keeps so like and so basically <laughs> because this is a trial to uh, determine damages, he keeps digging his own fucking hole, his lawyer. has completely opened up a can of worms that has fucked him for his next two trials after this one being the january 6th fucking trial yep because he claimed all the way up until this point i don't have my text messages i don't know what you're talking about you know i don't have any of this shit for for these dates that that mentioned, you know, Sandy Hook, like I don't have any of that information. Turns out <laughs> his attorneys have the last two to three years of every fucking thing that was on his phone. And what happened? Text messages. I'm going to get there. Text messages along with email, mm-hmm. along with all the other shit that you can think of that's on your phone because phones are basically computers now. Well, yeah, yeah. three fucking years and their dumbasses disclosed their entire fucking file to the plaintiff and a fucking link that was downloadable that had attorney client privilege, medical records and all of his text messages, all of his emails for the past three fucking years. (laughs) <laughs> the plaintiff, the plaintiff attorney said 
hey, I think you meant to send this to me. I don't think you meant to send this to me. This was sent by mistake. You know, please let me know if this was sent by mistake or not and withdraw it based upon these two rules, which I don't remember what the numbers are, but there's two rules that you can withdraw sending information and classify it as private and um, it's not to be used. And you have 10 days with with being notified, hey, I don't think you meant to send me this information. Are you going to, you know, protect it under these two rules to go ahead and protect it? Well, his fucking attorney never protected it. And so now it's fucking up for grabs for anything going forward for any future law, uh, you know, proceedings or, you know, him getting in trouble for whatever. This information is just fucking out there to be used against him because his attorney is a fucking dumbass. Somebody's a fucking stoolie. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's uh, about 10 Coke short of a 12 pack. But he's he- a more. But he's done this to himself. Like, yeah, and he continues to do it to himself because the 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 plaintiff's attorney is allowed to submit all all evidence to say this. He has defamed. He didn't provide all the documentation and they're just racking up fucking money that he's going to have to pay every single time they're trying to like impeach his his testimony based upon him lying saying that he never had any of the text messages because he didn't present them in discovery when this first initially popped off so they're trying to get him for shit like that like it's really 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 bad for him um based upon his dumbass actions as well as his attorney not having the presence of mind to tell his client to shut the fuck up yeah um but i don't think you really can tell tell alex jones to shut the fuck up because he just keeps talking he kept talking over the judge he i mean it's it's just embarrassing and these attorneys are allowed to bring in new evidence to to prove that alex jones hasn't learned his lesson and which he clearly hasn't because he's still running the mouth <laughs> and so every single day there's a new video with alex jones running his mouth well, he, like I said, he's he's going to get exactly what's coming to him, and it's he has his own self to blame. I mean, that's it. Like that's there's only so much of it, and it's a, it might be a witch trial, but at the same time, it's also a witch trial that you keep showing up for and keep giving them, you know, more wood to set to burn you with. Like I mean, it's just like I mean, could you stop me, complete moron, for about fifteen minutes and try to think a little bit more strategically? Like I mean, seriously, and I think it's the alcohol, and I think that it's the ego. And um, I think that he started swallowing a lot of the BS. He's really started believing some of these kooky ideas. So um, happy trails, Alex. Good luck to you. Um, he was invited on this show. He has not returned. Obviously, he's very busy. Well, he so. doesn't have email. Oh, that's right. He doesn't have email. He hasn't checking uh, InfoWars email for 10 years. So my mistake, Alex. Um, I, I'll get his phone number from the January 6th committee. So... <laughs> So that's that's exciting news. Very exciting news. I want to ask a personal question before we get into the fun of how much uh, the cops are up to no good and some other stuff. Okay. I was um, having a a good think when I was out with my dog walking 
didn't bring my headphones uh, to listen to my audio book. So I, uh, I was just, you know, hanging out and, you know, you let your mind run wild and you start thinking about stuff. So I came up, was thinking about this. Your least kind of your least favorite, least favorite qualities in individuals. So we have liars who like claim false achievements like, oh, I did that or I accomplished this and they never did just to make themselves either first place or I got there before you did or, you know, to um, shortchange any accomplishment you have or to make themselves the classic one upper. Yeah, a classic one upper. That's yeah. a good way to summarize. How about competitive victims? A competitive victim is someone where it's like, hey, I was um, out on uh, the highway and I got into a car wreck and I, you know, I broke my collarbone. Like it was really bad. And somebody's like, oh, yeah, really? Well, I was in a car wreck and I got set on fire and luckily I stopped, dropped and rolled. You know what I mean? Somebody who's like, whatever you experience, mm -hmm. it doesn't match up to my experience. It's still kind of a one upper, though. I mean, yeah, it's OK. These are different classes of one upping. Yes. <laughs> But my, I think subgenres, subgenres sub of one uppers, a, a subreddit. Of yeah, that one person's an asshole. My, I think one of my least favorites, and I seem to collect more and more the older I get, is contrarians. Whatever you say, they either disagree, out of principle, or they really feel they know more than you do. And they just have to disagree or they just enjoy being disagreeable for the sake of having an argument. I'm having a hard time picking a winner. I'm having a real hard time because I think somebody who lies about accomplishments is a real has a lot of problems that needs to be gone. They need they need to go to counseling because clearly you have, you know, I, I think it's um, a lot of self-confidence issues. I think it's a lot of self-esteem issues because you have to feel like. The one-upsmanship is usually uh, I have to inflate myself to feel better uh, by by crapping on whatever it is you're doing, or you know, trumping you. I guess even though I don't, I didn't accomplish anything. That'd be like you know, Christopher saying, "Hey, we we you know, we're we finally put the album out." You're like, yeah, I put together an album back in middle school. Yeah, you know, we did it on cassette tape. You know what I mean? First of all, Chris is going to look at me and be like, "Dude, you you're a liar." One and number two. What the hell does that have? You were in middle school. Like nobody listened to it anyway. You had no shows. Shut your mouth. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I, I would be deserved to be called out for that. Mm -hmm. Competitive victimhood is a real nasty one, too, because what I can't understand is the, oh, you, you had a hard time. You went through you went through some rough stuff. Well, uh, it's meaningless because you didn't experience what I experienced. And I think that that's really crappy. You know what I mean? Like, for example, someone was like, yeah, you know, um, I had a rough childhood. Like uh, we moved around a lot. Um, so did I. We, how many times did you move? Six. We moved 20 times. Mm -hmm. My parents were they, they, they yelled at each other all the time. You know what I mean? I didn't have anything to eat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I mean, we did. But my parents were really evil. Like, you know, it's always something to that effect that it's I, I have to come up on top. The suffering Olympics, if you will. But a contrar the contrarian frustrates me a lot, frustrates me a lot because I think a lot of it is people. And I try to follow me with this one. It's not that they they not only do they desire the argument, 
Not only do they desire the argument, but they're not even interested in having an actual discussion and considering your point of view. They're just waiting for their turn to talk, no matter mm-hmm. what you say, mm-hmm. to shoot it down. And I'm taking a serious inventory at this stage in my life to figure out if I want to continue going on with these uh, kinds of conversations. Because those of you already know, like I already pretty much don't associate with people that I don't agree with because what's the point? We don't agree on anything. Like that's like coming to me and saying, you know, something Chinese food really isn't that good. Well, I mean, you can put your shoes on and get out of my house. I mean, like, I mean, how dare you disrespect something that I care about so much or saying that Voltron sucks. Like, I mean, that's an act of war in, in, in my household. But with that being said, like, I, I, what do you guys think? One-upsmanship, suffering Olympics, people who like to be contrarians just for the sake of being argumentative, combative, and being a contrarian. I hate contrarians, man. That's, I don't like someone that wants to argue with you for the sake of arguing with you. Like, I'm not interested in that. Like, I don't like going in circles with people. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to play devil's advocate all the time, like, not interested. Sorry. Conversation over. Well, that's go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. Because what I think is funny, the reason why I don't really, and I don't know if the rest of you do this, um, Christopher, Angel, and of course, those of you that are listening, I really don't talk about what I believe in. Like, those of you that are friends with me on the family Facebook page, I don't bring up any of the stuff that I that I'm into. I like to see the pictures of the kids. I like to see my niece and nephew. I like to see uh, my relations on there. What's everybody's doing? Um, I do I, a lot of medieval history stuff I'm into on there and stuff like different groups that I enjoy that actually that I that, that gives me pleasure to, to, to read and to see the paintings or people go to these old school Gothic cathedrals that were built in, in like in England and in northern France that are pieces of art like they they're just massive pieces of art that i enjoy seeing the stained glass and all that stuff like i really i'm into that so i get on there to be like if i want to get mad i'll go to twitter if i want if i want to be upset or be upset or like you know get angry i'll just go on twitter because it's full of retards my myself mm-hmm. included. um retarded for still showing up i guess i don't know but like you know when you have people that are on there and they post their opinion and you've made the mistake of like trying to engage in a discussion. You're not engaging in a discussion. No. Because first of all, consider your position. I consider myself an open-minded person. That's why I am where I am, right? Because we had a trajectory in life. A lot of us like to claim, you know, oh, I've always believed in this. Okay, yeah, sure you have. Yeah, everybody's got to be first place somehow. All right, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of you that listen weren't always where you are right now. Okay, and you know who I'm talking about. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Nobody gets it right 100% of the time, and that's okay. It's the acknowledgement of not getting it right and getting to where you are that makes that makes the journey mean something. It's like I used to believe in bad crap, and now I believe this, where I don't want to hurt anybody and I want to get out of the way and focus on crap that's important, like myself and my friends, the family, that small circle, right? You know, like Elliot and I, Elliot and I talked about it by keeping that circle small. And focusing on that, your friends, your family, because that's within your sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. You can control some of that, your interaction, not people, but control your interaction, how you interact with people, preparation, you know, um, uh, like, you know, our friend that lives in, uh, in, uh, he also lives in the Pacific Northwest, Riley. He's actually living his principles. He has 
chickens. He has, you know, a little bit of property. Like he's doing composting. Like he really, that's awesome. he's practicing what he preaches. A lot of like my best, my ability to practice what I pre- preach is I grow the, the, the little Roma, Roma tomatoes and I go to the farmer's market. Right. Like that's kind of what I do. But I also stay out of people's business and I mind my own business and we have chats and conversations. Right. Mm-hmm. That's great. But my problem is, is like I've put up the flag pretty high. Like this is what I believe in. You aren't going to change my mind because I've changed my mind so many times that that's how I got here. <laughs> you, on the other hand, right? Right? You, on the other hand, are still spouting the same garbage that you said 20 years ago. And that's the thing. Like, if we're yeah, living in Ancapistan in your head, I get that principle and I, I understand it. I, I get it. I understand why people say that. Because there's a real world application, and I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards agorism. You know what I mean? Because it's nonviolent, and it's about you, the individual, right? It's about you, which is going to segue into the next thing we're going to talk about. You guys are going to love this, especially you and Caps that are out there. You're on the radar, buddy. Boy, do they not like you. <laughs> they specifically don't like you. But I just can't take it anymore. Like People want to have a debate about something with you they don't want to say hey listen can you convince me of your ideas yeah present your ideas and let me understand what you're getting into they say oh yeah i've read that no they haven't no they haven't i I could tell you that i'm just gonna tell you so like the things that really it, it depends on the situation but the things that really bother me are when people take advantage of your kindness and think that you're not smart enough to figure out things or they lie to you mm-hmm. like and you like you both know that they're lying and they just do it anyway and you're like you're a piece of shit but you can't like you can't say that <laughs> you know and it's like there's this moment where like you both know what it is mm-hmm. and now it's just I'm pretending to like be okay with you but i'm really not like i i have to tolerate you for whatever reason that may be um i can't stand it when somebody lies especially about something so simple because then it's like what else like when it comes to something serious what else are you gonna lie to me about like if i can't trust you on something very very small then i can't trust you at all so i don't need you in my life i don't need you to be around me mm-hmm. that's how i take liars like liars to me are like I cannot stand it. Well, you know, I, I have to push back a little bit on that. I think everybody lies. Yeah, but there's, everybody does. Everybody lies, I guess. Um, I don't know the last time I told a lie to anybody. I can't tell you the last time I lied to somebody. So when somebody, if, if you had a female coworker says that, do I look fat in this or do I look good in this or does this make me look bad or what have you? Most people have lied, at least to that. For, no, honey, you don't look I'm fat. Not, you look like, like your ass totally doesn't look like cottage cheese in a trash bag with those pants on. I'm not talking about that per se. I'm but talking, it's a lie. It's but you're like, you know, you look fat. You look in the mirror. <laughs> and so like you're being put on the spot and be like, your ass looked in the mirror, didn't you? Like, you know, I, I mean, I guess it's still a lie, though. It's still a lie. Or like my favorite is uh, you know, when you send somebody a link 
you're like, hey, did you check out this song or did you read this article? Oh, yeah. And then when you ask him follow up questions, it's kind of like how Gene acted when he was talking about sports and better call Saul. Again, that's different. But that's a lie. It's, it's a lie. It's I'm lie. talking about a degree of a lie. Ah, so there I'm, are degrees. I'm, I'm talking about a subject matter that isn't like, oh, yeah, I read that when you really didn't want to. Like that to me isn't that big of a deal. I'm not talking about that kind of it's a lie. It's still a dick behavior. You're completely ignoring uh, something. Like, I read your article and I think it's stupid. You know, okay, great. You read it. Let's talk about it. Or I don't want to talk about it. You're retarded. But see, I don't, I don't lie about things like that, though. Like, I just say, no, I didn't read it. I have no reason to, like, you know. All right. I, I'm, I've reached a point in my life where I don't give a shit. Like, what other people have to Fair think. Enough. So I don't need to lie about reading an article or not reading an article like I'll, I'll read it when i get time and i'll let you know what i think but i haven't read it yet you okay. know all right like, that i mean what we're talking about here is somebody who specifically lies um about something that's important when they're confronted important enough to be confronted about that that's that's the level degree of lie that I'm referring to. Fair enough. It's a lie that it's that's important enough to be confronted about. And when they look at you in the face and they and they just fucking lie to you because they're a piece of shit or they lie to you because they don't want to own up to what they did because they've been caught and they don't know how to take responsibility for their actions. That's that's a problem. But somebody who's a contrarian is definitely second on that list. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm really fed up with the contrarian business. Like I've realized like how much of it I deal with on a regular basis. And, you know, the thing is too, and I'm not going to, not to toot my own horn, but it's going to come off that. Toot, toot. I've taken a lot of time to study and get to a specific level of education in one you know, particular area of study. Not so much like history, for example, like I'm an, uh, a middle ranked amateur at best because I, I my, my half of my undergraduate, half of my double major was in history, you know, but political science is something that I was always very interested in. I went all the way up the ladder, well, second up the ladder, you know, and no, I'm not doing a Ph.D. I don't care. Like I'm not it's not happening. And I say that and I keep looking at Ph.D. programs because I'm a glutton for punishment. And I I want to study while they're wheeling my body into the crematory because I have nothing better to do than read books and go to class, I guess. I don't know. But like when you dedicate a large portion of your life to a specific area of study, that'd be like if you approach somebody who went and studied biology in school, for example, and, you know, got a, you know, a degree, an accredited degree and is working in the field and you're going to argue with them over, you know, the principles of, of biological sciences and the study thereof and ecology and, um, you know, or talk to or maybe come from a religious point of view. We're like, well, evolution is really a theory. It's not, it's like, I, I, that's one of my favorites. Um, even you know, like, even when I was still a, like a Christian, I was, I believed in evolution because I'm like, it's not so much a belief. It's kind of like, I can see it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, I can see it. It's testable. There's empirical evidence for it. And it's like somebody who has a strong religious pr uh, proclivity arguing with somebody who's studying biology. Hey, listen, it's just a theory. It's really, you know, it's just, uh, you know, someone's explanation of how we really got here. We're like, well, no, it is the explanation how we really got here. It's the it's the way it works. Like we can, we can test it. We have evidence of it. You know what I mean? It's once again, empirical evidence that gets to be applied. But I have a lot of people that I see 
and uh, you know, and that I deal with that want to argue points, even with me. And I'm like, first of all, you believe what you believe, and that's okay. You're bringing this to me, and I don't agree. And then I say what I say, and we're like, well, I disagree. And it's like, well, I, we already knew we were going to disagree. So why are we talking about it? Why are we bothering? Let's talk about the Mets. First place, NL East. What? I don't care. Talk about something else because, and that's why we talk about it here on this show because most of the people we listen to, that listen to the show are of a certain political bent or have certain ideas that, you know, gravitate around, you know, uh, the writings of Murray Rothbard that gravitate around, you know, free markets, those applicable principles of individual liberty, you know, uh, firearms proliferation, like those, we don't hang out with anti-gun people. Like I, I won't do it. Like I just, it's like, you know, for them, it's a cult. And for me, maybe people that are into guns are in a cult too. I guess I'm a cultist as well. But anyway, so we have a verdict here. Angel has gone with the liar. Christopher has gone with the contrarian. And I think, I, I you know, it's a hard one, but I have to go with liar as well, especially someone who falsifies their achievements. Like, be yourself. You know, be yourself. Don't, don't, like, you know, that'd be like me saying, well, actually, I work at the Pentagon. Be like, bro, no, you don't. Like, you, you, you work in your basement office. Like, stop it already. Like, you're a schmuck on wheels. Stop it. So I just wanted to get, if you guys have an opinion, I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. Like I, I only threw a couple of things together, but know-it-alls are definitely on the top five. Um, I have some in my family who know absolutely everything and just can't seem to apply that mastermind knowledge to a modicum of individual achievement whatsoever, but they know everything. But the rest of us retards are running around doing other things anyway. Um, that's but that didn't make the list this time. Oh, by the way, there will be a Patreon episode dropping tomorrow. So check out that uh, first one of August. Excited for it. Uh, two bucks a month. Uh, we are inflation proof, just like the Costco hot dog. It will not go up in price. Two dollars is what it costs. Um, if anybody's seen the latest episode of Better Call Saul, let me know how it goes. I got rid of YouTube's TV. It's gone. So I don't know. I know Walter White showed up again and Jesse Pinkman. Thanks for nothing. They waited till I canceled my subscription to put that episode out there because the entire world is, in fact, against me. Speaking of <laughs> and against you and specifically you anarcho-capitalists out there, uh, you're all chopped liver now. Nobody likes you. You know what I'm talking about. It's uh, it's not good. But no, I still like you guys. So this is great. This is from the Gateway Pundit. Christopher had already checked this one out. I really enjoyed this. These are your tax dollars at work. This article is by Christina Layla, and it was published two days ago. Again, thegatewaypundit.com. Link in the show notes. Nobody checks it out, and that's okay. I'm going to keep doing it anyway because someday somebody will, and they'll email the show and be like, Jay, I appreciate that, man. Like, I'm so glad you put the show notes in, brother. That's uh, Let me tell you. Fingers crossed. I had to put on my pit vipers before I typed out this email to you, brother. <laughs> Mine are not in the studio right now. <laughs> I was uh, I was derided for wearing them on a B side. 
So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> you were derided for wearing them. I was derided for wearing my pit vipers, which I love, by the way, because you see in HD, it's amazing. Who gave you a hard time? Oh, gee, I don't know. The, the boss sitting over there, you're like, are you really going to wear those? And I'm like, they're cool. I just got them. I, I spent like a lot of money on them. Did I give you a hard time, like while we were doing a B side? When we got started, I, I threw them on. You're like, you're really going to wear those? And I'm like, I, it was like what, Christmas. I thought it was cool. When was that? In March. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything by it. It's okay. It had to deal with Christmas. Anyway, so your tax dollars at work. <clears throat> the title of this article is FBI whistleblower leaks Bureau's domestic terrorism symbols on militia violent extremists to Project Veritas. You know, Project Veritas, the one that's actually doing a modicum of what's called journalism, um, investigative reporting, you know, what news used to be, um, not anymore. An FBI whistleblower leaked the Bureau's domestic terrorism symbol guideline on militia extremists to Project Veritas. The unclassified document says it is for FBI internal use only. And there isn't one word about Antifa or BLM militants. Under the, quote, symbol section of the leaked document, the FBI targets the Second Amendment. Ashley Babbitt is cited as a person. You know, she's dead, by the way. Uh, she died during the January 6th um, failed uh, pooched uh, on the steps of the Capitol. Uh, das Kapital. Kapital. Nein. <laughs> um, is cited as a person that a militia violent extremists consider to be a martyr. Under the common phrases and references section, Project Veritas also uh, here and after to be referred to as PV reported. Okay. Uh, Project Veritas released a newly leaked document provided by the FBI, FBI whistleblower. In the documents, it cites M, uh, symbols, images, phrases, events, and individuals that agents should look out for when identifying alleged domestic terrorists. So what are we seeing here as far as Symbols. Under the note of symbols section is a prominent citation of the Second Amendment, which, by the way, is a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. There are communist attorneys who like to argue that the comma denotes something else. Listen, we're not going to talk about the comma in any other amendment, so we're not going to talk about it here. It is as it's written. Okay, that's just. As Why would written. a comma mean something else? Look it up. I could do an entire show. They Even Penn and Teller criticized that those two goofballs criticized the criticism of the placement of the comma, which means uh, that, that the interpretation of the amendment is wrong. What the second? Which amendment? I'm sorry. The second amendment. That's what I thought you said. I was just double checking. All right. So where it explains that uh, MVEs justify their existence with the Second Amendment due to the mention of a well-regulated militia as well as the right to bear arms. Right below that, under the commonly referenced historical imagery and quote section, are revolutionary war images such as the Gadsden flag and the Betsy Ross flag. Each flag displayed in the document comes with a brief description of what it means. Under the common phrases and reference section of the leaked document, Ashley Babbitt is cited as a, as a martyr. The same document also refers to Ruby Ridge, which the FBI killed a woman holding a baby who was unarmed and a 12-year-old boy. Okay? 
and they had to pay Randy Weaver $3 million. Okay. So if you want to defend that kind of behavior, just unsubscribe because you're retarded and we can't be friends because that's stupid. Okay. They were wrong. Okay. All right. Let's continue. Waco. Cheese. Another example. What the best part about this is when you bring to the attention of people who defend setting children on fire and who say that the Davidians fired first, the doors that had the evidence that the ATF shot first, what do you know? They took the doors with them and now we can't find them. I wonder why. And who was that, uh, that piece of garbage that, um, that the demented one, the, the president of the United States who doesn't know uh, who he is and needs the Easter rabbit to handle him? What, it, what was the guy's name that he nominated? Chipman, uh, that guy who says he wasn't there. Yeah, David Chipman, yeah. We have his picture posing with dead, burned children behind him. Whatever, Wh- whatever. Again, if you are inclined to support that sort of behavior and, you know, if you're a, a law's a law and you shouldn't have been shooting it out, I, I, I don't need you. I, we don't need you. Like, I, I don't care. Move on. You have to be a real soulless prick to take their side in this case when we've, not we, <laughs> we have just reporting on the, the hard work that other individuals and even people like Alex Jones, he cut his teeth on Waco, dude. Like, that's the sad part about that whole, his whole trajectory is like, there was a lot of promise and he did a lot of good stuff and he made one really egregious error and he kept repeating it and that's why we're here anyway so waco and even timothy mcveigh tying traditional american ideas and symbols with radical and or violent events in the past okay now i'm gonna go ahead and share something for those of you that are not taking this in in the video and by the way subscribe on the bit shoot because chances are we might be posting exclusively on bit shoot uh because um YouTube is really not our friend. So I'm going to go ahead and show you guys. Yeah, I'm going to try to describe this. So they have the Boogaloo flag, you know, with the big igloo in the corner and the black and white stripes. And Mm -hmm. they have the Hawaiian uh, theme in the middle. Right. Okay. The Punisher skull. All right. Okay. And then the there looks like a Glock and it says 2A. It's 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 kind of hard to read here. And then, of course, the Gaston flag. The Betsy Ross flag, also known as the uh, one of the first American flags, by the way, you know. um, Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is a real revolutionary symbol because it won Um, the Revolutionary War imagery says a um, a photograph of a Continental Army soldier, you know, the one who helped defeat the British Empire during the War of Independence. For those of you who aren't sure, then they have the um, the come and take it uh, flag. I think it's the Battle of San Jacinto in Texas. Uh, the one with the cannon on there, and then it's been substituted. It's had the AR-15, or then it's been black, and then had the AR-15 in uh, white silhouette. And it says, come and take it with a star on top of it, right? And then, once again, warrior culture. So that's a Spartan helmet. Don't necessarily agree with that one. The Spartans were not. They are responsible for saving Western civilization, but they weren't the nicest people. Uh, and then, look at this. Not a black and red flag which you all saw on television actively burning things to the ground uh, two years ago. <laughs> not, the, uh, not a solid black flag, but specifically the anarcho-capitalist flag, the golden black flag, which to me is incredibly funny 
that they're lumping the boog got a good, got a real good crack at a bad reputation real early even though it was proven several times that they weren't a racist organization they weren't nazis any of that garbage and then anarcho-capitalists I mean, they wouldn't even stay they probably wouldn't even sit in the same movie theater as a neo-nazi because i mean they're just it's and it's an antithesis to what they believe yet here they are you don't see any anarcho-communist or uh you don't see any antifa stuff here but it's specifically with people in the bottom right quadrant of the political compass. Uh, like, so out of all of the, the definitions of these people, mm-hmm. and you know, you read the, um, mm-hmm. the anarcho capitalism mm-hmm. uh, flag, and it says, an, uh, anarcho capitalism uh, and cap, an ideology held by some, I'm sorry, my, my copy is blurry some MVEs advocating the state be eliminated or minimized and that the public services be provided by private companies competing in a free market represented by a black and yellow flag. Like what's extremist about that? You're a free market. (laughs) Sounds like they're worried that they're going to be out of a job. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> allow us to look at some of the uh, the the people that are considered martyrs. One of which I definitely agree with because his name is right there. His name is Duncan Lemp. OK, mm-hmm. Duncan Lemp was murdered by Maryland police in his bed. And um, we still did we get the body cam? Oh, that's right. We never got the body cam footage of that one. Um, how interesting. Um Ashley Babbitt, it's a tragedy that, that, that she died. Anybody died, honestly. I also think it's a tragedy that these cops that were witnesses to what happened, four of them have decided to commit suicide. How strange. Okay, his name was Duncan Lemp is a common phrase and reference. Uh, the Oath Keepers, yeah, they got a real bad look on the January 6th um, failed overthrow of the government because they'd have to count the... Uh, the electoral college votes at a Denny's instead of the sacred halls of Congress. <laughs> right. I, I, if I hear that phrase again from anybody that, that I'm friends with, I, I'm going to stop being friends with them. Like I can't, the sacred halls are sacred. So it's like, it sounds really religious to me. <laughs> yeah. And we're the cultists, huh? How interesting. So they have a timeline of key events in MVE history and then it was it has um, I, I can't read a lot of this because it's super blurry. I'm sure we could better get a better copy of it. But the Oath Keepers, the three percenters, uh, the Lightfoot Militia, American Contingency. And then, of course, Marvin Haymeyer killed Mr. Kildozer himself. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of like uh, falling down with Michael Douglas. So you can only push a man so far sometimes and be careful how far you push certain people. Um, so yeah, so Vicki Weaver, that's the individual, the lady at Ruby Ridge who was holding a, an infant and a, a government sniper shot and killed her while she was holding the baby. So your tax dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen, these are the people who you trust to take care of you and investigate things. We have investigated ourselves and found we have done nothing wrong. Ruby Ridge in Waco. That's crazy. 
I'm not saying Dave Koresh was like a nice guy. I wouldn't invite Yeah, him. but they completely bungled that whole thing. They had their opportunity to apprehend him solo, peacefully, numerous times. And instead, like they made him look like a fucking prophet. Everything that he was talking about was coming true because of them fucking and you know just coming in and invading and steamrolling them and then fucking setting them all on fire man they that was like that that's like a textbook example of exactly how not to handle that situation every step of the way i couldn't agree with you more it's they validated the entire narrative that he had fed to his followers yeah they validate i mean again yeah I wouldn't invite him to the used guys barbecue. I'm really not into that sort of thing. Like no. banging people's wives uh, at this compound. There's kids there. I'm not so sure that's a good thing. I, and I don't want anything to do with that. Um, but what, how it transpired, I don't think it was so much about child abuse as opposed to uh, stockpiling of firearms. And like uh, Christopher said, the, they, the ATF went shooting with him. They went and shot guns with him. They could have roped him up right then. Nope. They wanted a war. They got a war. And then I'll never forget seeing it on TV ever. So long as I live as after they set the entire place on fire and children and innocent people were burning to death. They ran up the ATF flag on the flagpole right outside the rubble. It was a conquest. It was a siege. They won the siege. Those people are evil. And if you don't think they're evil, I think you need to reevaluate what your definition of evil is. Moving on. So cops, we're huge fans on this, obviously, because we 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 back the blue no matter yeah. what, no matter how many people they in blue line, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is another now the Jacobin. We're going to call this the first installment of the commie corner. You guys have no idea how many times I hear that in my workplace. You, how, I mean, how do you hold back from vomiting? I don't know. Like, and it's really bad because then like second to that is people don't know how to PDF. <laughs> I was asked four times yesterday from the same person to PDF four different things. And I just ignored the email request. Yeah, I would too. I would have too. I'm not dealing with it anymore. I can't deal with it anymore. Listen here, Anyways, Jack. I'm sorry for interrupting. Listen here, Jack. <laughs> when you know. said that we we back the blue, thin blue line, I was like, oh my God, I literally hear that like on a frequent basis. And I just I I don't know. There's listen, there they're just there's two kinds of people. There's people that really believe that these folks are here to protect you. And then there's those of us who actually have studied history and have our eyes open and realize that they're here to do something far different, which at minimum is to protect the, the ruling class and to generate revenue. Okay. Um, no victim, no crime. Right. I mean, that's our not even an army a, of occupation. I stand by that statement. And I think that our founding fathers, if they were here to see it, I believe that they would probably side with our side of the argument, especially seeing what they have, their capabilities, and the fact that they have qualified immunity and the taxpayers, taxpayers, excuse me, assume the burden of paying for their mistakes. I think that they would find a lot of this to be egregious. Moving on from that, let's talk about this. So in our first installment of the commie corner, we're visiting the Jacobin, no friend of the used guys in that podcast. In fact, I'm 
don't think they have many friends. Um, the Jacobin, this was like the Young Turks decided that they needed something a little bit more far left um, to publish. So we have the Jacobin. And this is, and again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm willing to admit a broken clock is right twice a day. They got this one right. So this is uh, police departments spend vast sums of money creating propaganda. All right. Uh, this is in May of this year. I testify in this, by the way, is by Alec Karakatsinis. He must be Greek. In, the May of, in May of this year, I testified at a hearing in San Francisco where city leaders questioned the police department's funding use of public relations professionals. That funding was heavier than you might expect. According to police department documents provided to the county board of supervisors, budget items included a nine-person full-time team managed by a director of strategic communications who alone cost the city $289,423. An undisclosed number of cops paid part-time to do PR work on social media, a community engagement unit tracking public opinion, Officers who intervene with the families of victims of police violence and who are dispatched to the scenes of police violence to control initial media reaction and a full time videographer making PR videos about cops. San Francisco is not unique. The Los Angeles Sheriff's Department has 42 employees doing PR work in what it calls in Orwellian fashion. It's Information Bureau. How sinister. The Los Angeles Police Department has another 25 employees devoted to formal PR work. Why do police invest so much in manipulating our perceptions of what they do? I call this phenomenon propaganda, creating a gap between what police actually do and what people think they do. Propaganda does three main things. First, it narrows our understanding of safety. Police get us to focus on crimes committed by the poorest, most vulnerable people in our society and not on bigger threats to our safety caused by people with wealth and power. Okay. For example, wage theft by employers dwarfs all other property crime combined from burglaries to retail theft to robberies, costing some 50 billion every year. Tax evasion steals about 1 trillion every year. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, There are hundreds of thousands of clean water Act violations each year, causing cancer, kidney failure, rotting teeth, and damage to the nervous system. Over 100,000 people in the United States die every year from air pollution, five times the number of all homicides. But but through the stories cops feed reporters, the public is encouraged to measure a city's safety by whether it saw an annual increase or decrease of three homicides or 14 robberies, rather than by how many people died from lack of access to health care, how many children suffered lead poisoning, how many families were rendered homeless by illegal eviction or foreclosure, or how many thousands of illegal assault police committed. The second function of propaganda is to manufacture crisis or crime surges. For example, if you watch the news, you've probably been bombarded with stories about the rise of retail theft. Yet the actual data shows there's been no significant increase. Instead, corporate retailers, police, and PR firms fabricate talking points and fed them to the media. The same is true of what the FBI categorizes as violent crime. All told, major index crimes tracked by the FBI are nearly at 40-year lows. The third and most pernicious function of propaganda is to manipulate our understanding of what solutions actually work to make us safer. A primary goal of propaganda is to convince the public to spend even more money on police and prisons. 
If safety is defined by street crime and street crime is dangerously high, then funding the Caracal state leaps out to many people as the natural solution. The budgets of modern police departments are staggeringly high and ever increasing with no parallel in history, producing incarceration rates around the world. Uh, police and their right wing unions, which have their own PR budgets, want bigger budgets, more military grade gear, more surveillance technology and more overtime cash. Multi-billion dollar businesses have privatized nearly every element of these bureaucracies for profit from the tasers and AI software, sold the cops to the snacks sold at huge markups to supplement inadequate jail food. To obtain this level of spending, they need to, they need us to think that police and prisons make us safer. The evidence shows otherwise. If police and prisons made us safe, why would we have why we would have rather the safest society in world history? But the opposite is true. There is no link between more cops and decreased crime, even of the type that the police report. Instead, addressing the root causes of interpersonal harm like safe housing, healthcare, treatment, nutrition, pollution, and early childhood education is the most effective way to enhance public safety. Even if I disagree with some of what they're saying, you kind of get the drift, the, gif, uh, the drift here. And addressing root causes of violence also prevents other harms that flow from inequality, including millions of avoidable deaths. The instance that increased policing, the insistence, excuse me, that increased policing is the key to public safety is like climate science denial. Okay, just like the oil companies, the police are running an expensive operation of mass communication to convince people of the things that aren't true. Thus, we are left with a great irony, even if what you most care about are the types of crimes reported by police, those crimes would be better reduced by making our society more equal than spending on police and prisons. Okay, so I'll, I'll continue on. Powerful actors in policing and media both manufacture crime waves and respond to them in ways that increase inequality and consolidate social control, even, even as they do little to actually stop crime. Propaganda not only diverts people from existential threats like imminent ecological collapse and rising fascism, but also boosts surveillance and repression that is used against social movements trying to solve those problems by creating more sustainable and equal social arrangements. So, like I said, the Jacobin is like the Young Turks kind of said that they didn't, that they weren't far left enough. And you can get that like, Clearly, the writer is not like th this individual is not a bad person. And I think anybody who takes a very scrutinous look at the police, you know what I mean? And, you know, takes everything they say with a healthy dose of cynicism is not a bad person. And I think that clean water is probably more important than uh, paying a PR department within the police taxpayer money to convince you that they need you. OK, I, I don't think there, there's any disagreement there. That money could be well better spent someplace else. We agree. I agree with that point. Well, I won't speak for my friends. I definitely think that that money could be better spent. But when Angel talks about people in the th back, the blue and the thin blue line and all that stuff, my favorite one I've heard yet is what are you going to do if somebody breaks into your home? <laughs> my response has and will continue to be i'll call a funeral director i'm not i'll call the cops to clean it up but they're going to need to bring the funeral director to get rid of one of us because one of us ain't leaving 
You know what I mean? I don't, I don't have any firearms anymore. I'm, I'm stabbing to death with this fountain pen. You know what I mean? Like if somebody tries to hurt me, I'm going to be like the fat John Wick. I'm just going to come after you. You know, well, it would be a pencil. He used a pencil, right? You, you stabbed him with a fucking pencil. Okay, I have a mechanical pencil. Uh, I'll stab him with this guy right here. It's mm-hmm. the knockoff one from the Dollar Tree. Um, but still got some I, have, in this. I have a calendar um, at work that has movies for each month. And this month is John Wick. John Wick 4 is coming out too soon. I'm excited. I, I, please. That is one of the few positives that we have going for ourselves in this right. absolute hellscape. And the Cassian Andor movie or series rather is coming out. Christopher, did you watch the trailer? No, I didn't watch it yet, man. We got to check. I, I didn't watch it. I've been like periodically busy with doing things around, uh, around the new house and fair enough stuff put together. You won't be disappointed. So there's that. Uh, my takeaway from this is yes, money could be better spent doing other things than financing a PR department for the cops because they need to impression manage, you know, with the people uh, to convince them. You know, it reminds me of that line in V for Vendetta. I want everyone to remember why they need us. That's what I hear when I see cops in the PR department. And again, some of you may feel that, like, you know, you'd like to take a cop everywhere you go. I feel sorry for you. I, it doesn't need to be that way. It doesn't need to be that way. Anyway, moving on from that, this is pretty exciting. I'd like to thank Lexi for sending this to me. This is your dose of rage. As in 1984, the two minutes of hate. I'm going to give you some two minutes of hate right now. This is from the Washington Compost, which is no Billings Gazette, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but uh, this is incredibly important. Uh, female inmates raped after guards sold key to their cells. Okay. I don't know how mad that makes you, but Wait, boy. can you repeat that? Female inmates raped, you know, sexually assaulted mm-hmm. after guard sold key to their cells. Who do you sell the key to? We're going to get to that. Okay. We're going to get to that. Okay. The female inmates expected a guard on a routine check when the door opened at the Clark County Jail in Jefferson, Indiana, late one night in October, last October. Instead, two males in two male inmates burst in a new federal lawsuit alleges the men masked with towels and blankets threatened to kill the women if they alerted the guards. It was the start of what the women would later describe as a night of terror. Two male inmates left only one ret- only to return with more men who exposed their genitals, yelled obscenities, and groped the women, according to the lawsuit. Two female inmates were raped, according to the lawsuit. Now at least 28 women are suing the Clark County Sheriff, Jamie Knoll, and then Corrections Officer David Lowell, L-O-W-E, in a pair of federal lawsuits recently filed in the U.S. District Court of Southern Indiana. In both, the women allege that the sheriff and the jail guards working for him violated the women's civil rights by either intentionally or uh, negligently allowing the male inmates to gain access to their pods and not helping as the men attacked them for more than two hours on early on October 24th. Jesus fucking Christ. Quote, a sheriff at the jail, they have one job, and that's to keep inmates safe and secure. And that is just a complete, utter failure that allowed this to happen and quote Steve Wagner, a lawyer representing eight women told the Washington post 
And we so want answers as to how it happened. Larry Wilder, an attorney representing the Clark County Sheriff's Office, blamed the inmate on inmate attack on the unforeseeable criminal actions of a rogue corrections officer. Yeah, the fuck right. Who abandoned his training and forsook his morals when he gave inmates access to the jail keys. That corrections officer, Lowe, told the Post he made a mistake that allowed male inmates to steal the keys that gave them access to the female pod. Lowe, 29, claimed it was an accident, the result of being overworked in the weeks leading up to the attack, which he said he learned about only in the days after it happened because he had been working elsewhere in the jail. Lowe, who worked at the sheriff's office for about a year, claimed he was then coerced and assaulted into making a false confession about selling the keys to inmates. Lowe, who was fired within days of the attack, has since been charged with the felony official misconduct, helping an inmate escape and trafficking with an inmate. He faces up to nine and a half years in prison if convicted of all three charges. Wilder, the attorney representing the sheriff's office, challenged the female inmates claims implicating the agency. The sheriff's detective division has continued to interview female inmates who were present in the pod that evening. And these interviews have yielded information that is in direct opposition to the allegations made in the civil lawsuit. He claimed in an email. Further, the investigation seems to indicate that there was a systematic plan by individuals who were incarcerated that evening to develop a narrative that makes up the crux of the claims in this civil case. The sheriff, Noel, is committed to defending those untruths that have been alleged by those who are attempting to reap financial gain from the crimes of David Lowe. According to one of the federal lawsuits filed this week, Lowe took $1,000 on October 23rd in exchange for giving two male inmates access to the keys that will allow them to roam freely throughout several restricted areas inside the jail. In, this, in his interview with the Post, Lowe denied taking any money. Early, early the following morning, two of those inmates, joined by several other men, roved three pods where they were locked up, the suit alleges. Unable to flee, the women hid under blankets in the bathroom and dark corners. That was terrifying to them. There was nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, Wagner said. The men attacked dozens of women. According to the suit, they groped women's breasts and thighs, exposed themselves, and threatened sexual assault. Several men shoved one of the women, identified in documents as Jane Doe 1, against the side of a locker and pinned her there as they groped her breast, the lawsuit states. Then one of them raped her as others threatened, to, uh, threatened her to keep her quiet, the inmates allege. The women contracted general, genital herpes as a result of the rape, according to the lawsuit. Another woman who was raped became pregnant and later miscarried. William McCall, a lawyer representing 20 of the women, told The Post. Even though the attack went on for more than two hours, no jail guards came to stop it, the suit alleges. Surveillance cameras were positioned in spots that would have captured the men entering the pod and their ensuing attack. But not a single jail officer on duty that night came to the aid of the plaintiffs and other victims, according to the lawsuit. They just kept wondering, when is somebody going to come and help us? Isn't anybody watching on the security cameras? When are the guards that where are the guards that are supposed to be patrolling the jail? Wagner told the Post after the attack. Jail officials punished the women according to the lawsuit. They allegedly revoked the female inmates dark privileges by leaving the lights on for 72 hours straight, put the pods on lockdown, which was which restricted where they could go and confiscated pillows, blankets and personal hygiene items. Jail officials also didn't change the locks to the pod, even though the keys were still missing, the suit alleges. 
Wilder, the attorney representing the sheriff's office, said the jail's command staff learned of the attack the day after it happened from an inmate's lawyer. That sparked the investigation that included a review of security footage as well as interviews of correction officers and inmates. Officials made immediate changes to the physical structure of the jail and reviewed its policies and procedures. That work continues, Wilder said. This investigation is not over, and the sheriff is committed to ensuring that none of the, uh, no, nothing of this magnitude or scope ever occurs again. Nine months after the attack, many of the women are still reeling. Wagner told the Post they struggle to fall asleep and suffer from flashback nightmares when they do, he said. No shit. They don't feel safe. Those who are still locked up fear another attack. They have trouble sleeping at night, wondering, you know, is somebody going to come through that door? Am I truly safe? Wagner said that none of the male inmates have been charged in the attack, something he described as a continuing insult to the women. He hopes the legal process allows the women to pry answers from the sheriff's office about the attack, how the attack was possible. Did people intentionally look the other way? Were they just not doing their jobs? What happened that night? What happened that night to allow this to happen? There you have it. So wonderful work out of Indiana. Uh, I hope that they're uh, happy with themselves. I think that the, the individuals who committed these atrocious crimes, including the scumbag um, uh, bull that sold the keys, uh, it's against the terms and services of both YouTube, Podbean, and BitChute for me to advocate what should happen. But it involves a wall. And that's all I'm going to say. Um, the rapists, uh, the people who grew up these ladies, and the son of a bitch that sold the keys to the wall. To the jail wall. is like another fucking world. I, I don't want anything to do with it. I no. You you have no recourse. No. You you're do. you're who are you going to report it to? You're already in fucking jail. Right. And the people that you report on live next to you and you have to get along with them. So how the fuck do you even report on anybody that like jail is fucked up? <laughs> yeah. Like this shit's not right. No, it's not right. It's not right. And that's um, all I have to say. No, there's nothing else to say about it. It's this just, whole world is shit sometimes. It is, it's a real dump. It's a real dump. Nobody likes it. Um, some positive kind of uh, to lighten up the mood because I could tell that uh we probably need to do that right now. Yeah, that's that's a, uh, it's awful. And thanks, Lexi, for sending it our way. I'm glad we were able to shed some light on it. And maybe if you want to share the story or anything. Why don't like they just stuff. cut their dicks off? Uh, How about that as a fucking punishment? You want to go around raping people? How about I cut your fucking dick off? That's a start. But Piece it doesn't. But uh, I, I don't think that that is the payment that is due uh, for such a crime against individuals. I think that it needs to be a little bit more severe and more permanent. You can't ever do it again. It is fucking permanent. No, no, no. I mean, it's we're still going to have to. The taxpayers still on the hook for the meals and for uh, paying the stupid guards that allow women to get raped. Uh, there's still a lot of cost involved. I think that uh, there's a simple solution to that that's going to save the taxpayers a lot of money over time. Next. This is a wonderful thing to see, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to love this. Vice News, a pinnacle of honest reporting, a pinnacle of investigative journalism. Actually, again, we are once again at the broken clock is right twice a day. Someone made $3,000 selling 3D printed guns at a gun buyback event. Officials say they're changing the rules after one man made bank at the no questions event asked or event in Houston. This is great. This is by Janice Rose, who looks like a real gem of a reporter. 
Someone walked out of a gun buyback in Houston, Texas, more than 3K after unloading a box of over 50 3D printed guns, according to local officials and media reports. The No Questions Axed event was the first of its kind in Houston, offering residents Visa gift cards of $50 to $200 for each gun they turned in. So naturally, someone used a 3D printer and freely available schematics to fabricate uh, dozens of so-called ghost guns and turn it. Oh, Jesus. It's like Scooby-Doo. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, wow, man, those are really scary guns. They're ghost guns. Um, News of the hustle spread on social media along with photos of the homemade gun haul. Some of the DIY guns pictured don't even seem to be full guns. Many just appear to be lower receivers to part of a firearm that is regulated and considered a gun under the law. Some, some social media users mocked the buyback program for allowing such an obvious loophole, while others argued that using cheaply made plastic firearms to take money from the government is good. Actually, yeah, that's... That's me. <laughs> and here <coughs> we do not have um, the portion of, of you know, that you, you take this in an audio uh, setting. Uh, there is a picture. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and share it with you real quick. Um, here you go. This. So here they are. Look at this. <laughs> this is the box. A box of what authorities described as ghost guns were collected during the buyback event Saturday, July 30th, 2022, at the Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church in Houston. And then this guy has a picture for Twitter. He's got a picture of a bunch of Nerf guns. And he's like, what is <laughs> What is the next buyback? I have some guns that I'm willing to part with for 150 apiece. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so much fun. This is the uh, this is how we lighten it up, ladies and gentlemen, right here with this one right here. Mm -hmm. So the man who sold the guns claims his intentions were different, however. Quote, <clears throat> I'm going to try to keep a straight face. The goal was not personal profit, but to send Houston leaders a message about spending one million tax dollars on something that has no evidence of any effect on crime. The man told local news reporters, despite being cheap and generally pretty damn easy to get a gun in most states. I don't know who this what state is this reporter referring to? Um, they must be referring to the private sale of uh, firearms. Uh, homemade firearms have been surging across the U.S. According to statistics released in April by the Department of Justice, authorities have recovered around 45,000 privately manufactured firearms since 2016. Nevertheless, local officials in Houston praised the buyback program as a success, while noting that the next event will have to include restrictions that disqualify homemade firearms. Community response was robust, and we also learned that in the future gun buybacks will need to establish some guidelines regarding privately manufactured firearms. These firearms can come in many styles and configurations. In the future, we communicate well in advance if PMFs will be accepted during the gun buyback program. Hmm. This program was not designed to establish a place for PMFs, but to be profitable, to be profitable rather, but uh, to get unwanted firearms off the streets of Houston that can become gun crimes. I can assure you that anybody who turned them in wasn't going to do anything bad with them because the people that are going to do things bad, they're, they're not going to turn them in. They're just going to shoot at you. That's what they're going to do. So um, retard alert down in Houston, Texas. 
if you've ever been there, it's really hot. Um, not my cup of tea. My my sister lived there for a while. It's like walking in very hot clam chowder, just very very soupy hot soup you're breathing it in it's disgusting not a fan texas a beautiful state in the winter um i don't know which one i like more probably florida probably florida because it's i don't know florida just it doesn't it you're kind of closer to the beach but like if you're in like i don't know amarillo i mean that's a ride to galveston you know i mean that's that's a long haul you know anywhere in florida it seems like you're in a reasonable distance of like getting like you know, sea air, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like getting close to the beach, Texas, it could be a ride. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, speaking of Texas, we have breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, folks. What happened? Alex Jones must pay at least 4.1 million to parents of Sandy Hook school massacre victim and defamation case jewelry rules. Good. Well, 4.1 million. Four point. They went for 150 mil. Boy, those lawyers must be pissed. Well, there's a second part of this lawsuit that is now uh, gonna commence. There's like part one and part two. So this is part one. So you may have to pay a little bit more in part two. So we'll see how much that is, but. I think 150 million is a bit much. Um, that's just my opinion. I think right. it's a lot of fucking money. Um, I don't know. Fair enough. So yeah, breaking news. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. All right. So Alex has got to turn the frogs gay. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, that's pretty exciting. Um, I, I I I don't know. He got lucky because I thought they were going to ride him into the ground. And there's still time for that. There's still time for that. So, uh, but what there isn't time for is more stuff. I know that Lord DeSantis, the king of all the Floridas, including the islands and the Keys, uh, his majesty, the future president of the United States, by the way, I think that man is going to win, uh, especially if he runs against the guy who's already dead, um, who's just, you know, gone. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, like I said, turkey sandwich, stands a good chance of beating the moron that's currently in that all i mean really it's just embarrassing it's really embarrassing so uh yeah they he fired um he what no he he got rid of uh of what was it the um the elected prosecutor for pledging not to use his office to go after people who seek and provide abortions uh on doctors that provide gender affirming care to transgender people so He's going after people that the these officials for not following the law in Florida. The abortion thing, we're not even going to talk about. You all know how we feel about it. It doesn't need to be discussed. We've done it ad nauseum. We're, we need to move on from that. It's still going to happen. Just like if you ban firearms, there's people are still going to get them, whether you like it or not. Uh, it's called the black market. And unfortunately, though, a black market for medical procedures means that more people are going to die. So that's a problem. And I don't want anybody to, you know, have their rights infringed upon, even if I don't like it. Um, you want to kill your baby? Whatever, dude. Like, I'm going to go have Cheerios. I don't care what you do. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Seriously. You couldn't think of a better cereal besides Cheerios. Honey Nut Cheerios are delicious. They're okay. I think it's kind of mid. <laughs> I think it's a childhood thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like from yeah. older kids. I mean, I don't hate them, but. No, they're not Lucky Charms with the marshmallows. Are you kidding me? I mean, they're, yeah. That's not Captain Crunch. I like the cinnamon apple 
I'm like a little fucking kid and I love Fruity Pebbles, dude. I do too. Fruity Pebbles is my jam. Like that, that. That's some good stuff. Fruity Pebbles or Cocoa Pebbles? Typically, if I buy cereal, I buy a box of each. Yeah, Cocoa Pebbles is delicious. You get the chocolate milk special. Yeah, but then right, right. They get to this consistency where, like, there's just there's just enough milk and just enough crisp that's like delicious to me, and I like that. That's what I like the best. About good. Them. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's all we have for today. I know that we went through. Quite a lot. Get get back to us and tell us what your least favorite thing is out of the list that we provide at the beginning of the show. Uh, I genuinely want to hear it. Uh, if you have personal experience with people, self-aggrandizers, um, competitive victimhood, the, the victim Olympics, big time liars, people who say they've achieved things and haven't achieved uh, anything uh, remotely close. Let us know. I, I want to hear about it because then I can share with you my personal experiences. Maybe, maybe not. If you're not interested, then I won't. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious to hear about that. Again, Patreon will be out tomorrow. So look forward to that. Um, we got another, uh, another installment, first one of August. Very excited to do so. Um, well, I'm not going to say what we're going to talk about because uh, two bucks, little man, put that shit in my hand. If your money doesn't show, then you don't get the podcast. That's it. So... End of rhyme scheme. Huh? End of rhyme scheme. I couldn't think of anything. 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. If your money doesn't show, then you owe me. Oh, oh, owe me. Oh. <laughs> oh, we, oh, we, oh. <laughs> I chunga love. <laughs> I think I want to know you, know ya. What a good movie. They're coming up with <laughs> Clerks 3, which makes me a little nervous, but we're still going to go watch. It's more stay in the motherfucking time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> remember, the, remember the star? Hey, I heard you guys had a Star Wars wedding theme. Dante and Randall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hear about him and that quick stop boy? <laughs> oh, man. So uh, thanks to the patrons uh, for sticking with us. Thank you. Uh, those of you that messaged me, we have good conversations, real good conversations. I'm always up for a good one. And uh, genuine article. We like to talk uh, about a myriad of different topics. It's not always politics and stuff like that. So, yeah, get a hold of us. We'd love to hear from you. Use guys in that gmail.com. And again, uh, I appreciate all the patrons uh, helping out. Thank you very much to the listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank, of course, Ray Fab, a fine art and design from the Great Lakes, winning that awesome uh, recognition. Well earned, well deserved. Uh, Team Mandalore, uh, who keeps cycling extremely weird. And, um, of course, uh, I paint Akron all accidents are happy accidents. And ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to talk about the health and stink of your rear end. Now, lately, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Today was 88. Yesterday, it was 90 with a heat index well above that. It was like walking in bath water out there. And I noticed that. You know, today, uh, on my lunch break, I walked my dog, usually put in two miles, uh, spirited walk. We're really moving. And as a result of my largesse moving at an accelerated rate in high temperatures with high humidity, stink starts to develop. Sweat. Uh, the, the undercarriage, very sweaty, disgusting mess. And there's only one solution to this problem, ladies and gentlemen. Like on this show, I advocate there is only one solution to some of these problems. And swamp ass is a problem. One solution to that problem is Todd's Gay Soap from Akron Apothecary. Please check out the selection that Todd has to offer. I don't know what he has 
come up with. He was supposed to come up with an exclusive soap. He kind of was like a submarine. He disappears for a while under the waves. We don't hear from him. Then he surfaces real quick. He tries to get me to go to dinner with him and his husband. But then when I when I ask him to come to dinner, he can't ever come and hang out with me. It hurts my feelings, but that's okay. We're still pals. Uh, he was supposed to come up with an exclusive gay soap. Haven't gotten it yet. We'd like to get it. I'd like to do a decimation of your asshole on horseback soap. I want the soap, the bar soap, to be black like night, like death. You know what I mean? But fragrant. I would like to see that happen. Fingers crossed. Maybe we'll get something together for uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate. That would be nice. You guys in that at gmail.com. Please wash your ass with Todd's Gay Soap because Todd's Gay Soap is... For that ass, brother. <laughs> Indeed it is. It's medicine. It's good for you. Um, fist fuck your stink with Todd's Gay Soap. That's all we have. Check out the Patreon. Two bucks. Two bucks a month. You get all that additional content, and there is a boatload of it. So get a hold of it. And uh, two bucks. Inflation proof. We're sticking with it. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Stick it up your face. Bye. Peace.